Chapter Twenty One of My Path to Atheism by Annie Besant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One A Commination or Denouncing of God's Anger and Judgments Against Sinners. This service is too beautiful to be passed over without a word of homage. The spectacle of the church raving and cursing is too edifying to be ungratefully ignored. Brethren, in the primitive church there was a godly discipline that, at the beginning of Lent, such persons as stood convicted of notorious sin were put to open penance and punished in this world that their souls might be saved, instead whereof, until the said discipline may be restored again, which is much to be wished, it is thought good, etc. That is, in other words, in days gone by we were able to bite as well as to bark. Now that our mouths are muzzled, we can only snarl. But, until the old power comes back, which is much to be wished, let us, since we cannot bite, show our teeth, and growl as viciously as we can, so that people may understand that it is only the power that is wanting, and not the will, and that, if we could, we would torture and burn as vigorously as we curse and damn. And promptly the priest begins with his curses, and all the people say Amen. What a pretty sight, a whole church full of Christians, with one consent cursing their neighbours. Then comes an exhortation. As so many curses are flying about, we must take care of our heads. Let us, remembering the dreadful judgment hanging over our heads, and always ready to fall upon us, return to our Lord God. Always ready to fall? But is God then always lying in wait to catch us tripping, and crush us with his judgments? Does he punish gladly, and keep his blow suspended, to fall at the first chance our weakness gives him? If so, by no means let us return to our Lord God, but let us rather try to put a considerable distance between himself and us, and endeavour, like the prophet Jonah, to flee from the presence of the Lord. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He shall pour down rain upon the sinners, fire and brimstone, storm and tempest. And who made the sinners? Who called them into the world without their own consent? Who made them with an evil nature? Who moulded them as the potter the clay? Who made it impossible for them to go to Jesus, unless he drew them, and then did not draw them? If God wants to pour fire and brimstone on anybody, he should pour it on himself, for he made the sinners, and is responsible for their existence and their sin. It shall be too late to knock when the door shall be shut, too late to cry for mercy when it is the time of justice." How utterly repulsive is this picture of the popular and traditional God! How black the colours wherein is painted this Moloch! Surely the artist must have been sketching a picture of the devil, and by mistake wrote under it the name of God, when he should have put the name of Satan. If, however, we submit ourselves, and walk in his ways, and seek his glory, and serve him duly, that is, if we acknowledge injustice to be justness, and cruelty to be mercy, and evil to be good, then we shall escape the extreme malediction which shall light upon them that shall be set on the left hand. On the whole, brave men and women will prefer to do rightly and justly here, caring much about serving man, and nothing about glorifying such a God, and leaving the malediction alone, very sure that no punishment can befall a man for living nobly, that no fear need cloud the deathbed of him who has made his life a blessing to mankind. Of course, after all this preface, come the cringing confessions of sin. The fifty-first psalm leads the way, 
the congregation having by this time become so thoroughly confused that they see no incongruity in saying that when god has built the walls of jerusalem he will be pleased with burnt offerings and oblations and that then shall they offer young bullocks upon thy altar as a matter of fact they have no intention of offering young bullocks at all bullocks having become too useful to be wasted in that fashion but they have so thoroughly left the realm of common sense that they have become unconscious of the absurdities which they repeat the gross exaggeration of the concluding prayers must be patent to every one they are full of the hysteria which passes for piety we are grieved and wearied with the burden of our sins although most of the congregation will forget all about the burden before they leave the church we are vile earth and miserable sinners we meekly acknowledge our vileness one longs to shake them all and tell them to stand up like men and women instead of cringing there like cowards whining about their vileness if they are vile why don't they mend instead of saying the same thing every year they should be ashamed to tell god of their miserable condition year after year when his grace is sufficient for them and they might be perfect as their father in heaven the church in all this service reminds one of nothing so much as a wicked old crone who whines to the parson and scolds all the children in days gone by the old woman has been the terror of the village and her sturdy arm has been shown on many a black eye and bruised face now she can no longer strike she can only curse she can no longer tyrannize she can only scowl her palsied tongue still mutters the curses which her shrivelled arm can no longer translate into act and in her bleared eye in her wrinkled cheeks in her shaking frame we read the record of an evil youth wherein she abused her strength and we see descending upon her the gloom of a dishonoured age and the night of a fathomless despair End of chapter twenty one